Chapter 9 of The Ways of St. Anthony. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Painter. The Ways of St. Anthony by Sister M. Josephine. Chapter 9 St. Anthony and the Money in the Roof. Where did you get that? asked Sister Joachim suspiciously, as Sister Salome entered the room with a dollar bill in her hand. Sister Salome was the custodian of the chapel fund, and it was an open secret that everything she could collect went to swell the dimes and the nickels and even the unused postage stamps that were hoarded under that dignified name. But she was accustomed to such imputations, so she only laughed as she replied, Elizabeth Blake gave it to me for St. Anthony's bread fund. She is paying an honest debt, for she lost her pocketbook during the crowded Christmas shopping and promised St. Anthony a dollar if he would find it. By the time she got to the claim desk, there it was. The wonder worker was swifter than Elizabeth. Well, didn't Marion give you a dollar this morning for one of her lost possessions? asked Sister Joachim. I thought I heard something of it. Well, yes, a rosary. She says it simply disappeared, and knowing it was in some pocket, she ransacked every one she had, but couldn't find it. Then she promised a dollar to the bread fund, went to get a paper out of her raincoat, and there was the rosary. But that dollar is upstairs. This is not the same one. That makes me think of what Father David told us about a friend of his. A bookkeeper, I think he said. Her name was Grace. She was a dollar short in her accounts and promised St. Anthony a quarter if he found the mistake for her. St. Anthony paid no attention. Then she promised him a dollar and immediately the error was discovered. Oh, said Grace, St. Anthony has raised his prices too. And she paid the dollar. I should think she would, replied Sister Salome. Isn't it queer, said Sister Joachim, musingly, that St. Anthony's name is so closely associated with money, and yet he himself was as poor as a church mouse? Perhaps that's the reason he can handle so much of it and not be defiled, was the answer. For besides being as poor as a church mouse, he was poor in spirit too. And then you must remember that St. Anthony had plenty of common sense, and he knows people have to have money if they want to live and raise a family. Wouldn't it be interesting to make a list of St. Anthony's characteristics, just those we have found out through people's letters, said Sister Joachim. I wonder which one I should like best. Let's try it, exclaimed Sister Salome. There's his common sense, and his love of gratitude, and his appreciation of a joke. But speaking of people's letters, I have one here that I'm interested in and she produced a thick envelope from her pocket what is it asked sister joachim settling herself to listen it's from mrs manley a woman in the west who writes about an affair she was personally connected with she says that one day during the fair in san francisco she was called to the phone by a neighbor of hers mrs warhouse a woman she had known for years Mrs. Warhouse, with her husband and ten-year-old son, lived on one of the hills overlooking the fairgrounds. 
and Master Fred spent much time on the roof of the house, inspecting what was going on at the fair. It appears it was a very steep gabled roof, and was reached by a ladder nailed to the side wall. Can you imagine anything more attractive to a small boy? It sounds as though it were made for Fred's benefit, doesn't it? laughed Sister Joachim. Think what our boys would do if we had a building like that. It would be worse than the cherry tree. Couldn't be, answered Sister Salome, recalling the various encounters she had had with the masculine element of the school during cherry time. Then she laughed. Think of all the cherry trees there have been, and of all the small boys, yes, and small girls too, that have attacked them, and still the world goes on. But to go back to the story, Mrs. Warhouse said she had been robbed. She had saved the money for her rent, and when she had the proper amount, she had it changed to a bill, which she put in a pocket-book with some small coins, and laid it away for the collector's call. That morning he had come, and after an exchange of pleasantries, she took out the pocket-book, opened it, and the bill was gone. Poor Mrs. Warhouse was dazed. She had worked so hard to save it, and then to lose it just at the moment it was most needed seemed too hard to bear. The collector was very considerate. He said he would wait and come back in a week or so. And after he was gone, Mrs. Warhouse searched the place. It was a hopeless task, and finally she went to the telephone to pour out her troubles to Mrs. Manley. She knew her friend had great devotion to St. Anthony, and she begged her prayers. I wonder if we Catholics ever realise what our devotion to the saints means to other people, said Sister Joachim earnestly. And besides, isn't it a comfort to have someone as big and wise and as holy as a saint is to help us in our troubles? Sister Joachim fairly purred with contentment at the thought, and Sister Salome made an act of thanksgiving for her own particular friends in heaven. Mrs. Manley tried to console Mrs. Warhouse for her loss, and immediately began a devotion to the dear Franciscan saint that he would find the money. In the meantime, Mrs. Warhouse searched again. No nook, no corner was left unvisited. But what was the use? The money was not to be found. The first day passed, and the second day passed, and the third day was almost ended when Mrs. Manley's telephone rang loud and long. As she took down the receiver, Mrs. Warhouse began breathlessly, What do you think? I've found my money. Do you know, sometimes a telephone bell actually tells you who is at the other end of the line, said Sister Joachim with assurance. Yes, and sometimes it doesn't, remarked Sister Salome drilly, remembering the agent who had wanted her to buy soap a few days before. Anyway, Mrs. Manley didn't expect such an announcement as that. Tell me about it, she said. You know how hard it rained this morning, was the rejoinder. Well, our roof leaked, and leaked pretty badly too. So I asked the agent to send a man to fix it, and he came out straight away. That was a strange agent, murmured Sister Joachim who often had leaks to see to. Sister Salome paid no attention. She repeated Mrs. Warhouse's words. He came straight out, and it only took him a short time to repair the leak, 
as there seemed to be but one shingle out of place. Of course, my little son went up to superintend the job. Then, about an hour after the man left, Fred came to me. Mrs. Warhouse stopped with a catch in her breath. And then, said Mrs. Manley, after waiting a moment, Mrs. Warhouse went on bravely. Fred told me the man who fixed the roof had my money. Did you ever? exclaimed Mrs. Manley. Where did he get it? You may well ask where he got it, said Mrs. Warhouse. Why, it was in the hole on the roof. The shingle had been taken up and the money put inside and the shingle had been replaced again, but badly, of course. Who would ever look for money in a hole in a roof, said Sister Joachim. Then she laughed. We have some holes in our own, as we know when it rains. Do you suppose we could find money in any of them? If we had a friend to put it there, we might, remarked Sister Salome significantly. Why? gasped Sister Joachim. This was astounding information. I don't wonder you're amazed, said Sister Salome, but it is the truth. Mrs. Warhouse said, her little boy confessed that he had taken the money from the purse and then... Not knowing what to do with it, he had climbed to the roof, his favourite resort, removed a shingle and put it carefully into the hole. No one thought anything about his going up on the roof because he spent so much time there anyway. What made him tell his mother? asked Sister Joachim. Mrs. Warhouse said he went up the ladder after the man and watched him to see if he would find the money. Then he saw him pick it up look at it carefully, and put it in his pocket. When the work was done, the lad waited around to see if the man would give it to his mother, but instead he went off with it. Then Master Fred got scared and, breaking down, told her all about it. Mrs. Warhouse called him up, and he came right out again. Then she told him about the money having been there, and that her little boy had seen him take it. The man did not deny it at all. He only asked her if she could describe the bill, and when Mrs. Warhouse told him it was an old, worn, twenty-dollar bill, he handed it to her without another word. Now, Sister Joachim, said Sister Salome after a short pause, which was really St. Anthony's part in the affair? Making the boy own up about taking the money, or making the man give it up? Why, both of them, of course, promptly replied Sister Joachim. For if the boy had not owned up, the man would never have been asked for the money, and if the man had not given it up, there never would have been any story about St. Anthony. End of chapter 9